Welcome, everyone. Uh, good to be together again. We're in Hebrews chapter 1. going to read verses 4 to 14 today. We're looking at that text. And um want us to see in all of that that the Lord Jesus Christ is superior to the angelic realm. He is the overseer of all of the angel beings, if you want. Uh, previously, no, uh, we've discovered Jesus to be the co-equal with God the Father, and he sees himself as that. So the writer in Hebrews refers to him as being the express image, the exact expression of God, if you want. So he says, you know, this is who Jesus is. He's he, he's he's when when you see Jesus, when you listen to Jesus, you're hearing God, you're seeing God. And that's what he wants to emphasize there. And the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19, uh, clarifies this thought with us with these words. And it's very similar to some of the commentary of the book of Hebrews. Here's what um, Paul writes for us in um, Colossians 1, 15 following. Speaking of Jesus Christ, he that is Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, uh, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So Christ is the creator of all these things. He is before all things, and by, all, all, by him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. That's important. We need to recognize Jesus being the authority and the leader of the church. He is the beginning, the first firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's in Christ, and through Christ to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood that was shed on the cross. <clears throat> so through the blood of Jesus Christ, of course, we have salvation, and we need to recognize that that blood is our uh, wonderful, cleansing, redemptive blood that washes us clean from sin and puts us into the family of God. So we become part of the body of Christ in that sense. Now, during what is known historically as the intertestamental period, that's the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, generally about, I recognize to be about a 400-year-old, 400-year period. <clears throat> the Jews, therefore, in that time developed the belief that um, angels were God, God's messengers and that the angels were protectors of Israel. Um, it may even be that their beliefs went so far as to teach that uh, the individual person has a, a personal angel, a guardian angel, just watching over you, looking out for you, protecting you, keeping you safe. Those were the views of these um, Jews took them to. So because of this thinking, uh, the Jews, these converts to Christianity being addressed here in the book of Hebrews, the author wants them now to realize that Jesus, the man, if you want, is not lesser than the angels because he's the God-man and therefore he's above the angelic realm. He oversees the angelic realm. He's the, the head of the angelic realm. Don't view him as being lesser than the angels. So we read about it in verse 4. So he became superior, speaking of Jesus, to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. And the name being referred to there is Lord, uh, Curious. That's that name saying he's the authority, he's the Lord of all things, if you want, in that sense. So the author here wants to help these believers understand what God has written by the prophets through the Old Testament uh, about the superiority of Jesus Christ. He's going to quote a lot from the, the Old Testament writers here because he wants these people to see that, do you see what I've been saying all along? That the one to come who now has been Christ your Redeemer is superior 
to the angelic realm. He's not lesser. He's superior than that. That's what he has to emphasize to them and help them really understand and all of these things. Um, he does it by suggesting God has never suggested any angel to be uh, his son or any, for any angel to be given a, a position of such authority of superiority over Christ. Rather, that's a position only given to Christ. The son is the position given to God, the son, Christ, if you want, from the father. <clears throat> and therefore, he has this authority equal with God. Now, the angelic host. Uh, remember, they worship Jesus Christ at his birth, so we see them coming and worshiping him. They're lesser than him. They're respectful of him. They continue to do so, uh, showing his uh, showing his authority over them. And not only does the angelic realm worship Christ, but they, they also serve him. They don't just worship him. They're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, God has promised that the throne of Jesus Christ is actually an eternal throne. It's the throne that has always been and always will be. Um, suggesting that uh, that throne goes on for all of eternity. And because of that, the only one suited to sit in that throne is an eternal being, namely the Lord Jesus Christ, who has created all things and who sustains all things. The whole world is held together by him and it all has been for him. And so he is this eternal being and he's co-equal with God the Father. And because of, their, because of the angelic realm being created in this way, the angels then perform God's will here on the earth and in the um, in the heavenlies, if you want, so they're 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 serving whatever God wants them to do right there. They um, you remember they came along and they strengthened the Lord Jesus after his wilderness temptation. He goes out into the desert, um, taken there by the enemy, and for forty days he's tempted um, brutally by Satan. And at the end of that temptation, where he never yielded, but he he proved to Satan, I am the, the Son of God. I'm the the authority. I'm not going to yield to your ways and your deceptive uh, mannerisms and so at the end of it all the angelic realm the angel beings come along and they minister to jesus and they strengthen him uh, they give him comfort they strengthen him to go through um continue on this ministry uh they angels came along and they set the apostles free from prison when a couple of the apostles were held in prison there the angel beings come along cut the chains and set them free so enabling them to minister for god it was um as John labored on the Isle of Patmos, uh, an angel comes to him and says, John, I've got a message from God for you that I want you to, to take note of. I want you to write this down, John. This is important. It's the revelation. And he gave John this amazing revelation of things to come that we, we now have as the last book of the Bible. Um, the, the angels came. You remember that um, when the, the stone was rolled over the tomb, when after the Lord had been crucified, he put in that in that tomb and the stones rolled over the roman guard put there well the angels rolled the stone away only they could do that and um at the lord's future second coming the angelic host will accompany with him and um, as his warriors as his uh, army if you want and they will be victorious over satan so then in verses 10 to 12 of our text here in um hebrews we have reference to Yahweh, as referred to in Psalm 102, 120, sorry, Psalm 102, verses 25 and 27. Let me read that to you. So if you've got a Bible, flick back to Psalm 102. I'm going to read verses uh, 25 and 27. And as we do so, I want you to look into the future a little bit and see what the, um, what the writer actually is saying here. 
Speaking of God, long ago uh, you established the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. We know that, we believe that. They will perish, but you you will endure. All of them will wear out like clothing. You will change them like a garment and they will pass away. But you are the same, for uh, your years will never end. In other words, you're eternal. So the psalmist writes there about Yahweh, but the author here in Hebrews seems to take the liberty to relate that text to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, so, he shows a distinction between the creator and the created. See, every aspect of creation is temporal and will someday perish. Everything that the creator has created is going to perish. But Christ, and, and who was never created, he's an uncreated being, he will remain as the eternal being that is always being. So he's going to live forever and ever and ever. He always was, always is, and always will be. You and I have a beginning. We have a, a conclusive end on this earth. We know we're going to be in eternity, but we're not eternal beings. In that sense, we're not going to move into being eternal beings, but he always has been the eternal being. And then in verse 13 of our text, we have God asking a question. To which of the angels have I ever said, sit at my right hand until I make you the angel, your enemy, your footstool? He's never said that to any angel, uh, angelic being at all, but he has said that to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a quote, of course, from Psalm 110, verse 1. See, God has never given such a position to, um, of authority to any of the angels. Only to Christ has such a position of authority been given. If we look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if, you've got a, if you can flick there in your Bible, I want to read verses 24 to 27. And here you'll see some uh, aspects of the text. Um, then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death, for God has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says everything is put under him, it is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception. So, in other words, he lives forever, but he's going to put everything under his feet. That's um, the whole aspect of Satan being conquered and being uh, taken control over by, by God in the fullest extent. So symbolically, the Lord's footstool, if you want, refers to the the, the earth, the earth, refers to the, the whole world that, that we live in. Currently, this whole earth, this world, this whole realm that we live in is overseen by Satan. We know that, who is the Lord's great enemy. But the time will come whenever Christ will completely rule his realm. He's going to take charge of his realm and say, this is mine, Satan. You're finished. You're done. You're gone. Um, Puritan preacher Robert Haldane wrote about God's claim and all of this and he, in doing so he quotes from um, Romans chapter 16 verse 20 he says the God of peace shall bruise Satan under his feet shortly it's going to happen soon get ready for this believers uh, Haldane then quotes and says there were two victories to be obtained over Satan by the first his head was to be bruised under the feet of Jesus Christ so Jesus Christ will come and bruise the head of uh, Satan saying, I've got control. And by the second, Haldian says, the rest of his body will be bruised under the feet of believers. It's almost as we will come along and say, yes, we're celebrating, we're rejoicing. Our king is taking control. So we, 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 stop, we stomp and we trample over the, the enemy as well. See, Jesus Christ is the great warrior king who will correct every wrong in the future. And he will employ many of his angels to challenge Satan in preparation for his destroying his great enemy. Uh, so in verse 14 then of our text, the angels are referred to as being ministering spirits. Uh, they minister, they serve on behalf of all who have uh, inherited salvation. So they work for our benefit. They don't work for us. 
we can't click our fingers and make them jump. We don't rub a, a lamp and say, do this for me, as some would want, to, uh, want to, to think about. But rather they are sent out by Christ. They're authorized by Christ to minister for us. How amazing is it to think that the creator and the king of the universe motivates his servant or his servant beings to care for you and to assist you in your times of need and challenge. That's a real encouragement. But in all of that, we must be careful not to worship the angels. We're called to worship Christ and to remember he is the authority over them. And perhaps an important point of all of this uh, will be if we realize that they actually worship the Lord Jesus Christ. They honor and glorify him. They're his servants. They're his ministers working for him. So we need to note that the angels are servants of Christ and they do exactly what Jesus asks of them. So we look to scripture to learn about angels. Best place to look, and that's uh, the most solid place we get what God wants to say about his angels. You know, the angelic realm is a, a, a body of servants who have no particular number to them. Um, the, the, we don't know how many um, angel beings are serving God, nor do we know how many angels Angel, angel beings have become demonic and are serving uh, Satan and his authorized uh, sort of oversight of the realm of all things in the universe currently. We don't know the number of the beings involved there. What we do know is there are a massive number of beings. That's what we do know. Also, we do know that um, there's only been two beings, angel beings, who have ever been provided, given names according to scripture, and that is Michael and Gabriel. Uh, so we don't know of any others who have given any names. Those are the only two we have names for. We we have read of angels uh, visiting people in scripture. For example, in Genesis 18, Genesis 32, we see angel beings visiting Abraham and Jacob. Um, angels appear in bodily form. They oftentimes appear even in physical form. So they minister as people, minister as men. If you want, if you look at um, Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verses 4 and 5, we, we see that um, they appeared there at the tomb. So Luke 24 Verses 4 and 5. Let me just read these to you. Well, let me just back up um, a couple of verses here. Uh, I'll just back up to verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb. The Lord has been crucified, has been led in the tomb, uh, bringing spices that they had prepared. Obviously, they wanted to prepare the body. They find the stone rolled away from the tomb. The angels had rolled the stone away. <clears throat> they went in. Excuse me, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood in front of them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the man. He's not here, for he is risen. The Lord Jesus Christ isn't there. He's he's risen and he's with the Father. Um. So um. Yes. Yeah, so these angel beings are there. Uh, they appear physically. Uh, people see them physically. So we get the understanding that there is that physical appreciation and they both looked like men at that point in time we also know that um angel beings have no need of food they don't have to eat however in genesis 18 uh, when they appear to three men appear to abraham who are angels and he offers them food and they eat the food so we discover that um they can eat when they're in physical form they can do these things but it does help us understand too even though the angels appeared there as men uh, angels have actually no gender so they, they're not male or female in that sense. They're just um, genderless beings, but they can take on whatever um, form they are commanded to do in service for the Lord. 
But the most important thing about these angels is how they glorify, how they worship, how they magnify um, their Lord, our Lord too. So if you look over at Isaiah chapter 6, this is a very well-known um, uh, Bible text, Isaiah 6. And here we're going to see the, the whole idea of the angelic realm worshiping the Lord. Isaiah 6, 1 to 7, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah writes, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne. So he has this incredible vision. He sees the Lord and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Uh, seraphim, uh, their angelic beings, were standing above him. They each had six wings. And I visualize that uh, with two they covered their faces and with two they covered their feet and with two they flew. And one called to another. So it seems like they're they're covered, the faces are covered, feet are covered, but they're calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. So one calls that, another calls that, and they keep calling that. And the foundations, he writes, of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. So imagine the very foundations of doorways shaking when they hear the angelic realm um, sing like this or call out like this. Uh, then I said, says Isaiah, woe is me, for I am ruined, um, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the king, the lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed. And your sin is atoned for. In other words, um, Isaiah, you're now capable, you're now set free to worship and glorify the Lord, just as these angel beings are glorifying the Lord. It's a pretty incredible sight. And if we go over to the last book of the Bible, uh, Revelation chapter 4, very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 4, uh, verse 8. We're going to read these words about, um, uh, I'll just read part of verse 6. Uh, Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and back were around the throne on each side so you get the visual now, the first living creature was like a lion the second like an ox the third like a man the fourth like a flying eagle and then we read each of the four living creatures had six wings they were covered with eyes around and inside damn night they never stopped saying holy 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 lord god almighty who was and who is and who is to come and he just continually praise him with those words so it's an amazing thought now but i want you to catch something really important here as we wrap up our time and in, in hebrews chapter one and all of this because the lord jesus is superior to angels as these angel beings worship him as they worship their king they're unworthy to look upon the glory of god they're unworthy to look at the exact expression of Almighty God. They're unworthy to look at the one who sustains all things by the very words of his mouth. They're unworthy to uh, look at the one who resides currently at the right hand of the Father. The one that we know as being the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Messiah, the Redeemer, our Master. And yet in all of this, he invites us, you and me, to worship him, to glorify him, him who is superior to the angel beings, to the whole angelic realm. The one who we know is, you're my savior. I want to serve you. I want to honor you. So he invites us today to worship him, to praise him, and to learn from how these beings worship and serve him. So we must do that. So I trust that you will be one of his faithful followers who will worship him, uh, magnify him, serve him, glorify him in this incoming week. It's a, a challenging time. It's a challenging life. 
but we're amazed that we have such a wonderful, amazing Redeemer who sits at the right hand and will glorify God the Father and invites us to glorify God the Father through him as well. Well, I trust that you have a great week. I trust that you continue to press on. I trust that you continue to keep growing and discovering truth from God's word, truth that you can apply to your life, truth that can really um, spur you on to minister for the Lord and truth that will bring honor and glory to him. Be blessed. Have a great week. Stay encouraged and keep pressing on for him. Thanks for listening. Catch you soon. See you.